So I've been shopping secondhand properly for around five years now. The first three years, it was a mixture of charity shops and high street. And then the past two years, I'd say I get around 90% of my clothes, give or take, secondhand. The 10% of clothing items I get from the high street now are always pretty much from Primark. Don't get me wrong, I may be the tiniest bit cheap. I don't usually like spending more than 10 or £15 on one item of clothing. Hence why Primark is my chosen high street place to go to as it reflects similar prices you see in a charity shop. Especially for the likes of jeans, by the way, because Primark jeans are the comfiest type of jeans on the planet. Just go and buy a pair and get back to me. They are amazing. And I obviously also get the likes of socks or knickers from Primark as well because you've got to go a very long way to find a girl that doesn't get her socks and knickers from Primark. So yeah, Primark is the high street shop that I sometimes go in. If I'm feeling energetic, I'll go in the likes of River Island, Topshop, Zara, H&M and I'll always come out snarling because I can't cope with how expensive things are in these shops. So yes, confirmed, I may be a little bit tight. And you know what? I'm not even tight. I just don't see the point in spending £30 plus on a top when I can find something similar, if not nicer, for like a fiver in a charity shop. I'm not tight. I just like having appropriate strategy when it comes to spending my money. And over the past two years, I've probably saved a fortune in doing so. And you know what? You can too. So let's get into how. So Fast fashion is a problem that seems to be getting more and more out of hand, especially with the success of online brands such as Pretty Little Thing, Boohoo, Misguided, with Misguided actually glazing over the issue and avoiding serious talks on the matter in their most recent Inside Misguided program. You can watch it on more for, And you can literally hear in the program one of their buyers saying, how fast can I get a thousand units of that? Okay, is there any way we could get that any quicker? End quote. So designs are theirs, were designed, created and shipped out within three days. Three days, that is ridiculous. Those factory workers are on par with the Aldi Till staff, fastest hands in the West, Jesus Christ. But the term fast fashion is defined as, quote, an approach to the design, creation and marketing of clothing fashions that emphasise making fashion trends quickly and cheaply available to consumers, end quote quickly and cheaply. Now we all know that this equates to unethical standards but because of our consumeristic ways people can easily feel pressured into thinking that they need more. People see that fashion trends are constantly changing or will see their favourite influencer do a collab with a brand so on and so forth and feel pressured to buy more clothes and be more consumeristic in their ways. Brands have to work with a budget and what they tend to do is maximise their advertising budget to get the product in front of the consumer faces and then they keep their production budget very low by exploiting the use of cheap labour. So here is where unsafe work environments are typically present. From an environmental standpoint, fast fashion is responsible for the largest amount of landfill waste and is the second biggest polluter in the world next to oil. Oil, do you know how crazy that is? That's around 100 million tonnes of waste per year. So some more horrible stats for you to take in. Fast fashion is responsible for producing over 20% of global wastewater. This results in the mass contamination of oceans, rivers and any freshwater sources and even soil. 
Fast fashion also uses 80 billion cubic metres of fresh water. That is the equivalent of 32,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. Not to mention that the cheap materials used are typically chemically produced. They use specific dyes and coats to soften fabrics. And a lot of the time, these chemicals are actually harmful to both humans and the environment. And my last horrible fast fashion fact, say that five times fast, fast fashion fact, fast fashion fact, never mind. <laughs> the last fact, anyway, is the fact that it would take 12 years to recycle what the fast fashion industry creates in two days. Let that one sink in. Please note, I'm not saying you're necessarily a bad person or anything if you shop fast fashion. For all I know, you buy something that's fast fashion and you wear it almost every single day to get the utmost use out of it. But cluing yourself up more on the devastating effects of fast fashion and how much it is really fucking up our climate, it will help benefit our future massively. Not everyone has to be the most amazingly, ethically perfect person, but if every single person on the planet made that teeny tiny small change to reduce intake, it would make a massive difference. This is very similar to the way I'm not veggie, I'm not vegan, I probably will never ever be veggie or vegan, but I've stopped consuming beef and cow's milk. It is the small widespread differences that counts. So on Instagram a few days ago, I ran a few polls, 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 whatever, to get an insight on people's opinions on a few different aspects of fast fashion and secondhand shopping. So I got around 100 votes on each question, so bear that in mind. The first question I asked was, do you buy from fast fashion brands? In which the response was 71% yes and 29% no. The second question I asked was, are you knowledgeable on the effects of fast fashion? In which the response was 58% yes and 42% no, which is kind of scary after talking about the effects on fast fashion, what I've just mentioned just then. The next question I asked was, when on a day out shopping, would you typically visit a secondhand shop? The answer was 52% yes and 48% no. And finally, the last question was, is buying fast fashion brands from a secondhand shop still contributing to the effects of fast fashion? Now, this result kind of surprised me. It was 29% yes and 71% no. With this question, I invited those who wanted to to elaborate further in their decision. A lot of people said no because the money purchasing said garment is being contributed towards the charity at hand instead of the fast fashion organisation. Someone else said no because the only contribution is the primary buy. Someone else said that they don't think so because the product has already been made and buying it from a secondhand shop is saving it from landfill and prolonging its life. Someone else said no because the fast fashion organisation isn't profiting from the sale again, so it's quite a lot of the same type of response. Someone else said that the main goal of ending fast fashion is to stop quick circulation of clothes ending up in landfill. If you're buying secondhand items, no matter what brand it is, it's still far better than contributing to unethical companies' pockets. But you also have to question yourself with, would you buy from charity shop if you didn't get all your fast fashion brand bargains there? Then if so, you are still part of the problem, end quote. So the final opinion is one that I probably resonated with the most because I would have actually voted yes 
if I was an outsider taking part in this poll, poll, whatever. Someone said buying fast fashion items secondhand increases the useful life of the individual items, but wouldn't necessarily prevent the overproduction in the first place. So this is a bit of an iffy question that even I was unsure on how to answer, but I did lean over to the side of it being something that, yes, you do contribute to fast fashion if you do purchase the item from the secondhand shop, but this is just because I'd still be wearing something that's being produced in questionably unethical ways. I understand the money will be going towards the charity organisation instead of the direct supplier, but I don't know, I don't know, it's a bit of a weird one because you're still wearing a garment that's being worn in fucking horrible, horrible ways more than likely or very unethical anyway. And obviously, if I do buy something that's fast fashion from a secondhand shop, I've purchased that design obviously because I like it. So therefore, that then brings up the case that I like fast fashion concepts, but don't get me wrong, I still dislike the fast fashion practices. That goes without saying, obviously. So as I've said, it is a bit of a weird loophole of a question and I really enjoyed seeing everyone's responses to it. So if you took part in the questions, then thank you. Anyway, moving on. I've mentioned in my life-changing magic of not giving a fuck episode that when I was growing up, I always felt ashamed when my mum used to go in charity shops because I always associated it with being poor and unable rather than just acknowledging the fact that my mum just really loved secondhand bargains, to which now I obviously can totally appreciate. She'd go in and I'd stand outside with the biggest face on me, but not right outside the shop either. I'd be one or two doors down so nobody saw me stood at a charity shop in absolute shame. And I'd be stood there hoping and praying that my mum wouldn't have bought anything because if she did, that would mean that we'd have to walk all the way back home with her carrying charity shop bags. I was so paranoid about bumping into someone from school and I even think I vaguely remember someone that I went to primary school with saying, so-and-so said that you get your clothes from a charity shop. And it was probably that one comment that made me so paranoid, but let's face it, kids are stupid and growing up around other kids can make life taxing as fuck. But that can probably be an episode in itself, so I'm not going to get into that too much. So is shopping from charity shops still classed as taboo? I'd like to think not, to be honest, but that just might be down to the fact that I am now grown and the fact that I like to save pennies and the fact that I've stopped caring as much about what other people think of me. There's quite a few reasons behind it for me. I don't necessarily care about what other people think about me and my love for secondhand shopping. But for those who are worried that they might be branded as cheap or poor or a ming or whatever, those who make them type of comments are probably the same people who spend upwards £100 more, whatever, on a mediocre dress from celeb boutique that every other princess owns. Personal identity and affordability don't always go hand in hand, but they most certainly do when you make the effort to secondhand shop. Fashion, hands down, is my most favourite form of vain expression. I don't like how I do my makeup. I don't really put a lot of thought into my hair most days. But something I love doing is throwing a mishmash outfit together and feeling nice in it. I can go out with a full face of spots, bags under my eyes, a greasy slap head bun, 
one of my favorite hairstyles might I add I can go out looking like I've just been fucking exhumed but if I've got on a smart blazer some nice flares both of which are from a charity shop obviously and like my chunky Balenciagas I'll go out feeling like I could fight an army of men with the fury of a thousand suns because I look and feel so goddamn good in my outfit This is how fashion is the perfect form of expression and what is a better expression than confidence itself. With me personally, this also boils down to the fact I'm not necessarily totally happy with how my face looks, but this is okay, it's something I've got no control over. I'm meant to look like a combination of my mum and dad and I accept that. Something I do have control over is the outfits I wear. Some people have nice eyes, some people have amazing hair, some people have the best freckles. I, however, have the coolest blazer collection you ever did see and I'm okay with that. It wasn't even that long ago, to be honest, when my wardrobe consisted mostly of black and that is only about five, four years ago maybe. As I've gotten older, I've started to appreciate and utilise the fact that I can use fashion as a form of self-expression as do a lot of girls, specifically Scousers as well, because Scouse prints have got the best style in the whole country, hands down, if not the whole world. We are amazing. Now, to me, there is a difference between charity shops and vintage shops. Charity shops are your Oxfam, British Heart Foundation, Bernardo's, Minds, so on and so forth. These will typically sell donations that are from the general public and sell anywhere between a few pence to a few pounds depending on the garment or item at hand. All of the money raised from the sales then go to charity. And then we've got the likes of our vintage shops. So we've got like Pop Boutique, Resurrection, Cow, Soho. These are usually pieces of vintage that sell typically anywhere in the range of a few pounds to upwards of a hundred pounds depending on the garment. Reading from Pop Boutique's website, they say that they carefully handpick vintage clothing and that each piece is chosen according to its style, condition and size by experienced vintage addicts. They go on to say that they process 10,000 kilos of vintage each week, ensuring that no garment goes to waste and that this is important for the company as if there's something that they cannot use, they will then send it to get processed at a recycling centre, which is great. Cow have also branded themselves as a sustainable alternative to fast fashion, which again is amazing. Myself personally, I typically don't really go in the likes of vintage shops solely due to the price of garments being higher than a typical charity shop and the fact that I'd rather spend less and donate to a clear cause in lieu. So last year I went to Japan in the summer and one of the main reasons I was excited for going is the fact that Japanese fashion sense is unreal. And Tokyo especially looked to have quite a lot of different types of vintage shops on offer. And let me tell you now, that shit was expensive as fuck. We walked into one vintage shop and it enticed me in because it was all bright and colourful, similar to most shops in general in Japan. And I looked up, high on the wall was a fleece. And it wasn't just any fleece, it was a Lidl fleece, as in the supermarket Lidl. And the price tag hanging on it was the equivalent of around 120 English pounds for a Lidl fleece. (laughs) I wonder if they think it's some sort of like bougie European brand. But yeah, I was left pretty disappointed by the vintage in Japan anyway. It was all very expensive and you've probably learned by now I am a self-confessed cheapo when it comes to buying clothes. 
Although, don't get me wrong, Japan is fucking amazing. Cleanest place you'll ever visit, best food you'll ever eat. If you ask someone for directions and they can't speak English, they will literally go out of their way to find someone who can speak English just so they can help you. I honestly cannot wait to go back. Everyone also dresses so fucking cool in Japan. The whole aesthetic of the country just astounds me. It's like the coolest thing ever. Anyway, on the flip side, one of my favourite places on the planet, home to some of the world's best markets and second-hand stores and food, is Bangkok in Thailand. I think I've been maybe like five or six times and in the more recent years, I've started to appreciate the second-hand more and more whilst being over there. Chattachuk Market in Bangkok is the biggest market in Southeast Asia and it's got over 8,000 stalls. It is my literal heaven. They have a ton of stalls where it's just wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling, second-hand t-shirts, all for like 50 baht, which is like a pound. It is Chloe-based heaven. One place I really, really wish I'd have spent more time trying to find second-hand shops, or thrift shops as they call it, is America. I've been a few times across LA, Vegas, New York, Orlando, and I'm only just kicking myself about the fact I didn't go out my way to find their vintage. One day, maybe, if the country doesn't go more tits off than it already has. So where are my favourite charity shops in Liverpool? Right, I'm not going to rank them or anything like that because I love each of my children the same amount. Also, I understand that I'm totally running the risk of telling you lot my favourite places, only for you to go and take my bargains, but you know what? There will be more, just go for it, just go and have a little gander. I know that each shop I'm about to talk about sell pretty much all the same types of clothing, so you've got tops, dresses, skirts, jeans, so on and so forth, but I'm going to be quite specific in what place caters to my needs the best. So the first place that comes to mind is Bold Street, the home of the holy trifecta of Liverpool charity shops. The first being British Heart Foundation. Here is where I typically find the best casual day wear and I've also noticed that I find the most menswear that I like that I'd actually wear from British Heart Foundation. So we're talking cool t-shirts, Ralph Lauren shirts and like cool check shirts, stuff like that. Up next on Bold Street is Bernardo's. So the sign for this outside is actually called Take Two and it's opposite the Oxfam. Here is home to the loveliest man who works there called John. In here is where I find all of my fancier clothes, statement tops, dresses, some really nice dresses actually. And if I'm looking for a top to go with my jeans and a nice top outfit, this is the place I'd go. They usually have everything colour coordinated in here as well. So it's handy if you're going through a certain colour phase that you like. So as an example, mine right now, I'm absolutely loving the colour nude and quite neutral colours for the first time in my life. I just think it looks really smart and sleek. But the last place on Bold Street is Oxfam. So in here, you get really gorgeous garments in here for like a slightly higher price in comparison to the first two places I've mentioned but that's okay because it's all going to a good cause. In here is where I usually find the coolest coats and jackets. So the last thing I got in here actually was a gorgeous, gigantic Topshop nude teddy fur coat for 15 quid. And it was the hottest day of the year. It was a few weeks back when I got it and they had no bags left behind the till. So I had to walk around town with this gigantic fur coat and I must look like I'd left the house with it, like a proper fucking lunatic. But I was made up with it anyway. It was a really good find. Another place in town that only opened a month ago is Mind. 
and it's close to Williamson Square by the fountains. I actually went on their opening day like a big gimp. <laughs> I managed to get a 15-piece Japanese tea set for £7. Do I need a 15-piece Japanese tea set? Absolutely not. I don't even own a home to put them in. But did I buy the 15-piece Japanese tea set anyway? Of course I did. To be honest, they had quite a few cool, homely bits and bobs in there. So if you're looking for something similar, I'd recommend them. Another place that I love going for charity shops is Great Homer Street, which is just outside of town. And all the charity shops, there's three of them, and they're opposite the Sainsbury's and next to the Domino's. You've got Claire's House, Bernardo's, and I think the third one is Hospice. And from each of these, I've managed to get a range of different night out dresses, coats, and even a brand new pair of vans for the tenner. Like, they do have really good bargains down those ways. As with all charity shops in general, to be honest. But me, myself, I'm from Waterloo, which is North Liverpool, and we have got a massive community-run cinema called The Plaza. It's years old, it looks cool as fuck, it's still got all the original features, and it's ran solely by volunteers and through the donations of the public. What a lot of people surprisingly don't know is that there's actually a Plaza Community Cinema charity shop halfway down St John's Road in Waterloo, where all money raised there going towards the upkeep of the cinema. And it's a bit shit actually because the plaza recently has been going through a pretty rough time over the past few months and has felt a dramatic impact due to the pandemic. So if you can make your way to the charity shop or even go to the cinema itself, it's less than a fiver for an adult ticket. Totally go for it. It's always good to support local businesses. And it's actually a shame to see that the plaza has been succumbed to such vandalism over the past few weeks since reopening and the CCTV that they've released on the Facebook page. It looks like a bunch of fucking 20-something-year-olds ripping out the light fixtures on the outside. And let me tell you now, there is a special place in hell for people who do such a thing. Honestly, just grow the fuck up. Like, it's fucking so stupid. The other end of Liverpool, anyway. South Liverpool is also home to loads of charity shops, and one of my close mates, Becky, lives those ways. She took me for a day out there a few months back and we managed to actually pick up quite a few bits. I think there's like seven or eight charity shops and I think they're all down Smithdown Roadways, I think. But yeah, they were all really cool. Thank you, Becky, for taking me there. Another Waterloo-based charity shop that I want to give a massive shout out to is Crosby Housing Association. It's opposite Waterloo train station and next door to the post office. A few weeks ago, they announced that all their school uniform-based donations that they had in the shop, that they were going to give them away for free to parents who needed them. And this is absolutely amazing. And I think they've done such a boss thing and that they should be incredibly proud of themselves. Like that's, it's just such a good thing what they're doing for the community. And all of the uniform-based stock that they haven't sold this year, they're keeping for next year. Waterloo represent a... Another MVP that has to be me and my mum's favourite day out is Bootle Car Boot Sale on a Sunday morning. So this is behind the Merton and Bootle. This is where you'll typically see my Instagram secondhand hauls from. My mum has got this gigantic fire hydrant feature thing in our garden. And a few weeks back, she was looking for a red fire bucket to go with it. Like, she literally just wanted a red bucket with the word fire on. She's very specific in her ways. And she found some on eBay, but they were literally like 50 or 60 quid. 
and jump forwards a few weeks, me and her are in the prestigious Bootle car boot sale and she sees a red bucket in the distance. She walks over to it, picks it up, spins it around and to her surprise, it had the word fire on. I've never seen my mum's face light up so much. It was actually quite funny. I think she got it for like 50p or a pound as well, like proper little bargain. She was made up. And I've said to my mum for ages, as soon as I get my car, the first place I'm taking it is my gold car boot sale. I've not been there for years, but I'm proper excited to go back like a big gimp. So looking back, what have been some of my best finds in charity shops over the past few years? Once I was in one of the great Homer Street charity shops in the queue, and then I noticed flung on the floor was this pretty black belt with gold hearts on. So I picked it up and then I noticed on the back it said Machino made in Italy on the inside. Like it was a legit Machino belt and I think I got it for like £3. And I've also picked up a pair of genuine, absolutely battered, like fucking battered beyond the point of being able to wear them, ankle boot loops for 50p. I think that was from, God, I can't even remember what one I got them from. They were authentic anyway, but they were pretty much unwearable and I just wanted them just to have the name for 50p. But the thing is with secondhand, you have to look through mountains of shit before you find something you actually like. And then you have to make the decision if you want to invest money in said item, which 99% of the time I most certainly do. That 1% when you actually find something charity shopping is the charity shop equivalent of like eating lobster. You spend most of the time with your lobster cracky thing and your pokey stick thing trying to get the meat out of the shell in the most barbaric way possible and it's only for a brief second you enjoy the taste of lobster in your mouth. This is the same feeling I get when I've spent hours looking for something in the charity shop only to find in the very last minute the most amazing garment. Now we are in the digital age of 2020 and there are other forms of secondhand shopping other than physically going into the shop. Two of my most used apps on my phone are Depop and eBay. From past experience, if you're looking to sell items of clothing yourself, you're more likely to sell an item on eBay than you are on Depop. eBay also gives you the option to donate a portion of your sale to charity, which I think is a really nice touch and on theme with this topic of conversation. The way I shop on eBay, the way I go about looking for things is I'd pick a shop. So let's say, for example, Urban Outfitters. And then I'd put the word used before it. So in the little search bar, I'd put used urban outfitters. And then I'd sort the items to ending soonest. This way, rather than succumbing to eBay's weird algorithm and sorting through people's posts in the most bizarre way, I now am presented with the items that literally have minutes or even seconds left for me to place a bid on. And to be honest, I'm not really sure why I use this method. I feel like because I've got quite a boring life. I'm just trying to spice it up whatever I can. So the added stress of deciding whether or not to bid on something before the time runs out makes things that tiny bit more exciting for me. And I also get kind of a kick out of swooping in and sniping someone's item at the last second, not giving the other bidder enough chance to outbid me. I live a pretty dull life, leave me alone. (laughs) Depop is another decent app that I like using, um, especially if I'm looking for something cheap. Although I would say if you post something to sell yourself on Depop, it's less likely to sell, again, in comparison to if you put the same item of clothing on eBay for the same price. So if I had to pick between Depop or eBay, I would probably swing more towards using eBay. So I've got actually quite a bizarre story from when 
I was having a big eBay sort out. I think it was like two years ago, just before we were due to move house. So I thought about putting all sorts of shit on eBay and it helped me sort my life out a little bit. So I uploaded a ton of boots that I no longer wore. And a few days later, I get this video message off a man in my eBay inbox. I open the message and he says, I'll pay 10 or 20 pound more for these boots if you do what is done in the video with them first. So very apprehensively, I click the video fully expecting to see the worst only to see a woman. (laughs) I can't even say these words. (laughs) I seen a woman open a flake like a Cadbury's chocolate flake put it on a step and then slowly start stepping on it in the boots that she's wearing. I mean, what? It's very specific type of fetish. I'll give the guy credit for being brave enough to actually ask me to do it because it did fucking weird me out quite a bit. And I messaged them back like, sorry, but no, I can't help you there. Also, it was like £10 or £20 he was offering me to do it. That is proper taking the piss If you want someone to adhere to your bizarre fetish, at least knock it up to triple digits, like proper tape in the face. Anyway, nonetheless, he proceeds to buy the boots anyway and I send them off. Again, I didn't do the fucking weird thing. I just sent them how they were. Now, the most bizarre part of this story, that's right, I've not even reached the fucking bizarre bit yet, is, right, I didn't clean the boots or anything before sending them so they were full of mud, they needed polishing, and they definitely had traces of dried dog poo wedged in the groove somewhere because I always used to take our Indy out wearing those boots. And a few days later, after I sent the boots to the guy, I got another message off him saying, do you plan on selling any more boots? I'll buy off you again, but I am weary because the last pair you sold me made me feel very sick. <laughs> I mean, what? This guy as probably more than likely chowed down on mud and dried dog shit thinking that I actually adhered to his weird chocolate flake fetish. Like, let that sink in for a second. Ugh. Anyway, I never messaged him back and he hasn't got back in touch since. Thank fuck for that. And this is also the instance what caused me to make sure that my eBay account didn't include my name because he started one of the messages with Hello Chloe and it creeped me the fuck out. (laughs) this next story isn't as bizarre as the one that I've just mentioned but it is something to be wary of when selling another funny experience I've had over the past few weeks actually I was wanting a nice shelf for my bedroom to put my plants and shit on and I was happily willing to buy a brand new shelf but for a plain white shelf it's like 20 quid and again I'm a minge and I was like I'm not paying 20 pounds especially for like a piece of wood. So, <laughs> God, I sound like a type bastard, don't I? Anyway, so I turned to eBay and I found a really nice white Ikea shelf for £5, including delivery. That is more up my street. Currently, I'm trying to become a bit more of an excitable person and I'm trying to be happy and excited with all aspects of my life. So this included having a nice shelf to put my happy plants on. So I measured the wall and I was pretty hyped to receive my new shelf. A few days later, a massive box came with my name on and I was like a kid on Christmas day. I ripped it open, expecting to see my shelf, only to reveal a gigantic brother label making computer machine thing. 
the seller had sent me the wrong thing. So I got in touch with him and I got no response. I chased him again, no response. Gave it a few weeks, still nothing. Requested a return to get his address to send it back to him. Nothing. Didn't hear anything from him. Again, I gave it a while and I was still stuck with this label making machine. Only to find out they sell online for like 50 quid. So after trying again and again to get this label making machine computer thing back to its rightful owner, I made the decision anyone else would have and put the machine on eBay myself rather than it being sat looking ugly in the corner of my bedroom. And to be honest, it's still not sold and it's still sat in my room and I'm still shelfless. So that's just another weird bad-esque experience I've had while shopping secondhand online. And to be honest, I do get a lot of joy in posting listens for things to be re-loved by others online. It's quite therapeutic to do. One thing I cannot stand is that after all the excitement of actually selling something and getting the money and like being happy that your item of clothing is going to someone else to love, it's quickly clouded by the fact I now have to make the effort to pack said item and walk to the post office and actually send it. I hate doing this. It just, it's always too much hassle for me. And it's such a struggle for me to do. And I always end up begging off my mum to do it for me. So thank you, mum. So going back to physical charity shops, when you go in with intentions to buy something, but it's all very overwhelming as there's clothes everywhere. And sometimes they're in no particular order and everything's a bit of a mess. How exactly should you look for something? I try my best to go into a shop with some intention. I like to have an idea on what I'm looking for, or at least I'll have a certain colour in mind that I'm drifting towards. Like I mentioned before, I really like nudes and stones lately. So keeping that in mind, I'd go into a shop and literally just focus on the garments that I could see are either nude or stone in colour. Or if I'm wanting to buy something like gingham, I'd get tunnel vision and only focus on the things in store that I could see that are gingham. The times that I go in store and I don't necessarily have a plan stress me out just the tiniest bit. And if you're not in charity shops as often as I am, or if you're hoping to move over to a more of a charity shop friendly lifestyle, it could be overwhelming for you. But try and get an idea of what you're looking for and like let your eyes do the filtering for you. Unless you're colorblind, then sorry, this doesn't apply to you. As I've already briefly touched on with the Japanese tea set, You can get some proper nice homeware pieces from charity shops and have fallen into the nasty habit of falling in love and buying really ugly pieces for the house that I don't even own yet. Like the other day I got this tray and it had two hand-painted swans on with like a really bright orange woven rim and it sounds really horrible and it probably really is. But if it's really ugly and looks different, I can't help but buy it. I've done it a few times now and I'm losing room in the storage chest. I'm keeping all these things in very quickly. And anytime I pick something up and it's obviously very ugly and I can't help but get this sudden urge to buy it. And I'm usually typically with my mum when these instances happen. She begs off me not to get it. Like, oh, it's ugly. Stephen's not going to like it. Don't do it. And it's like, this is just fueling my need for this item more. Like, if I don't buy it, someone else also might not buy it and then it's not getting loved in a home and I just feel like I just feel like I just want to buy all the ugly items that I see and I need to stop it (laughs) it is a bit of a problem 
But some nice things I've actually got, or one nice thing in particular, the faux zebra rug, the Ikea rug that you can see sometimes in the back of my bedroom, mirror photos, like the long selfies that I get. That is one of my favourite secondhand eBay buys. And I got into a massive bidding war for it. And I think I ended up getting it for like £35 maybe, which is quite expensive for me, but I proper love it. So the cost is justifiable for me. One of the main benefits of limiting fast fashion or high street intake and converting to secondhand life is the amount of pennies you save. And I have saved a small fortune over the past few years simply by stepping away from my once River Island and Topshop obsession. One way to curb this is if you see something Zara or H&M or whatever you are and you really like it and you don't want to spend the pennies. I'm not about to say steal it or anything, by the way. I know I'm scouse, but I do not condone petty theft. If you see something you like it and you don't want to spend the pennies yet, take a picture of it and just walk away. Then a few weeks later, go on Depop or eBay and search for the said garment and make sure it's the same thing by comparing the photo you've taken in the shop. More often than not, someone has worn it and now they want to sell it or it doesn't fit them or they missed the return date and now they're selling it for a much cheaper price just so it's out of their hands. Then boom, yours for a much cheaper, be it secondhand price. Anyway, to wrap this up, I understand and acknowledge the fact that other people might not want to wear clothes that have been worn by other people, which is totally cool. But I think after hearing some of those facts about fast fashion and everything else that I've touched on in this episode, it might hopefully inspire some people to dip their toe into the world of secondhand shopping. There are so many benefits in taking up secondhand shopping, be it for the ethical purposes the fact that it's from a charity shop and you are then donating to good causes and also the fact you get to save those sweet, sweet pennies. And if I've swayed you from moving away from fast fashion or to lower your consumption in the tiniest way, or even if I've educated you in the slightest across any of the topics discussed in this episode, I'd class this episode as pretty successful. I've really enjoyed doing this episode. It's a nice step in the direction I'm hoping to take this podcast, i.e. talk about anything I fancy talking about. This is a topic a lot of people has mentioned that I should do an episode on. So hopefully I've satisfied the craving for some of you. And if you've enjoyed this episode, it'd be great if you could share the episode on like your Insta stories and give Planet Sinclair a tag or give it a retweet if you see it on Twitter. All the support is greatly appreciated and I really can't thank you enough. Anyway, I really hope you enjoyed this episode on how to secondhand shop like a pro.